night. Well, I think I've already said good morning to you, but I'll say it again. Good morning. I'm so honored to be standing before you today to get to share with you. Um, I'll be honest, that's not my um, most comfortable place to be standing, I guess, is one way to put it. But um, I am honored to have the opportunity. Um, God is so good. Amen. He is, and uh, I do appreciate your prayers. I know many of you have told me that you've been praying for us this week as Dustin is out of town. Uh, I've heard from him several times. He bought the package where on your phone where he can talk and do anything um, like he normally does, so that's been super nice. Uh, he is having a fabulous time in Israel. Uh, they're at the Dead Sea uh, today, so I think he was going swimming, <laughs> um, so that's kind of fun, um, but he's having an amazing trip, and he absolutely cannot wait to share what he has learned with all of us, um, and so Thank you for supporting us um, this week while he's been able to go. He will be back Thursday morning praying that he will be back Thursday morning because uh, we have our big trunk and treat Thursday night. So it's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. Uh, as we dive in today to what God has for us, I just encourage you to open your heart, uh, open your mind to what he wants you to hear. I think for some of us sometimes, and me included, it's easy to check off that box. Oh, we went to church this week and we're good to go now. But um, I think if we come expecting, we, we won't be empty handed when we leave. So uh, would you pray one more time with me this morning? Jesus, we invite you uh, to continue to be here with us. Lord, I know your presence is already here. But as we hear your words and the things that you want to speak this morning, Lord, make me disappear and only let your words um, be what come out, God. Only let what you want us to learn today um, be what is presented. God, we give you all the glory and praise. You are amazing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the last couple of weeks, we've been in a series called DNA, uh, the DNA of our church, and I'll um, have them put it on the screen for us, is to love God and love others by living Jesus-shaped lives up, in, and out, up, in, and out. We do that up in worship, seeking divine truth, in community, forming nurturing relationships, and out reaching the lost through apostolic mission. And we conclude the series today with the final sermon focusing on that last word, out, reaching the lost through apostolic mission. I would like for you to turn with me, if you would, to Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. It's a very familiar passage. I'm sure we have all heard multiple sermons on this, um, but it's going to be our springboard today. Um, the Great Commission, the what, what Jesus gave to his disciples and therefore all of us as well. Matthew 28, starting at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as I said today, we're going to be talking about apostolic mission, that last piece of the DNA. So let's break that down just a little bit. What's an apostle? An apostle is basically a messenger right? I think of the phrase, man on a mission, all right? Have you ever been at Walmart and you've seen that person that's like beelining it to that one area and you think, whoo, they're a man on a mission. They know what they're in there for. 
Um, another way to think about it um, is something I use with my kids because when you have five kids and you're trying to get from point A to point B, it's like herding cats sometimes. Um, it's really, really challenging, and Jill tells me that frequently. <laughs> um, I, w- I say to them, walk with a purpose, people. Let's go, okay? We are going to get there one way or another. Does it always work? No, but sometimes it does help a little bit. As followers of Christ, though, our mission is very clear. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them and teach them to obey the commands in God's word. That sounds pretty simple, right? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Let's dive in and see. If you look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. I capitalized everyone in my notes. Everybody. No one is supposed to be left out from that. Because we have good news to share, church. Amen? If we decide to only keep that good news for ourselves in these four walls of this building, are we obeying what God has asked us to do? No. So, this is what we know we are to do. We have good news to share. Mark 16, 15. We just read that. We have good news. We also know that we are supposed to share it with who? Everyone. We also know, going back to our Matthew passage, that we're supposed to make what? Disciples. If you can tell, I like you to talk back to me. I teach kids usually, so I have to make them answer back. So y'all are doing great. When we are supposed to, what, what we also know is we're supposed to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we know that we're supposed to teach the new disciples to obey God's commands. But the question is, how? How do we go about doing those things? I'm a very practical person. I'm the details person. Dustin is the vision caster. He is the dreamer, the one who likes to see the big picture. And, you know, I'm the one that says, okay, yes, I'm on board with that. That's awesome. But how? How are we going to do that? Um, How are we going to go about letting those awesome ideas come into fruition? So let's get practical. Um, And we're going to have a little grammar lesson, too. And I'll be honest, I'm not a grammar person. I was a math person, but we're going to try. So if you go to the original Greek language that the Bible was written in, and you look at the grammar of the words that are used in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, we learn a little bit more about how we're supposed to go about our mission. So the Greek word for go in this passage here in verse 19 is a participle. Now, I don't know if all of you remember what a participle is. It's okay. I'm going to tell you. A participle is an adjective, which is a descriptive word made from a verb, which is an action word, okay? Most participles in English, this helped me understand it, end in ing. So like running, swimming, jumping, that's a participle, okay? It not only describes what you're doing, but it describes how you are to do it. So in this case, the exact translation would read, as you are going, make disciples of all nations, okay? As you are going, that's the how, okay? That's the how. As you are going, share the good news. As you are going, share it with who? Everyone. As you are going, make disciples. As you are going, baptize them. As you are going, teach them to obey God's commands. Our apostolic mission is accomplished as we are going every day. Your mission field is where God has placed you. 
Whether it's your job, when you're going to the grocery store, whether you're going out to dinner, whether you're sitting at home with your family, because let's be honest, a lot of times we let our true colors fly when we're with our family. Amen. (laughs) I do. Maybe you're a teacher in the public school system and you're just supposed to love on kids every day. Or maybe you sit with an elderly person and you need to be loved to them and their family. Maybe you work in customer service. That's a good job for this, isn't it? Maybe you watch your grandkids all day long. (laughs) Help us there too, right? I know I have kids. You fill in the blank, whatever it is. Having an apostolic mission happens as we are going every day. However, it isn't by accident It's bringing a message on purpose. You meant to do it. You're intentional about it. We have to look for those opportunities that God places in our path to be out reaching the lost. It's not going to happen accidentally. Let me share a story with you. Um, When we were pastoring in South Carolina, um, we left there in 2011, so it's been almost 10 years ago, we were approached with an idea to start a ministry in a low-income government housing complex. It was um, like little duplexes um, in this area. And we formed a team at our church, and um, we started, uh, started to plan this outreach. And we got permission from the landlord there to host it once a month at the playground. There was a playground there at the community. And so we had planned it all. We had planned, because, you know, I'm a planner. We planned our activities. We were going to run it like a mini VBS. They were going to travel in little groups, you know, and um, had all the crafts, all the stuff together, all the games. Everything was done. We canvassed the neighborhood, um, invited them all, and they were very excited. Um, All of our volunteers were ready. So we got there. We even had T-shirts made, Backyard Bible Club. That's what we called it. And um, our church folks got there on Saturday morning, and there was a group, a big group of kids. We were so excited, and we started talking to the kids, and we started talking to the parents, and as that started happening, we began to hear from them. They wanted to come to church. They wanted a way to come to church, so as I was starting to pack up everything for the day and put it back in our big old church van that we had brought with us, um, one of our volunteers ran up to me, and they said, hey, we told them we're going to run the van in the morning. We're going to come pick them up for church. I was like, what? (laughs) My mouth dropped open. I didn't say anything at first because immediately I thought, who's going to drive the van? Who's going to do this? Who's going to be the one, you know, because I don't think they thought through all of the things that started to run through my mind. And so one man said, well, I'll do it this week, this week, you know, but you can't just do it one week, right? You have to keep doing it. So I began to wonder how in the world are we going to keep this going? How are we, what are we going to do? So at the time, our church had services on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, and we had stuff for kids all those times. And so I thought, I don't just need one van driver. I need three every single week. Um, So that first Sunday, the van was full. So the need was there. So we made it work. God brought the volunteers. We were able to get it um, happening on a schedule, and that made me happy. Um, but Dustin and I, we had to fill in some, but for the most part, it worked out. It did work out. God continued to provide those people, and it gave us an opportunity for them to become a part of our community and for us to be able to serve them. We got to help pour into them. We got to love on their kids and help them with Christmas and all of these wonderful things. And while we didn't see a life transformation in every single one of them, we did have one particular lady that we were able to to invest in a little bit more deeply. And her story continues a little bit farther. She unfortunately had had her two first kids put into the foster care system. She did have her youngest two in custody with her, and she had a huge desire to earn her GED. So she didn't have a way to get there though, right? So God made it very, very clear to Dustin and I that we were supposed to be the way. So for 
about six to seven months, every day, Monday through Thursday, one of us would go and pick her and her youngest daughter up, drive them the 20 minutes to school, drop them off, go to work after lunch, go back, pick them up, take them home, and do, you know, every day, every day. Um, side note, at the, car, at the time, we only had one car because we were loaning our other car to somebody else. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. But she went on to graduate, and we celebrated, and we had a huge party, and it was awesome. And she was able to move into a better housing situation for her kids and to be able to get a job that was substantial and be able to sustain them. And I don't tell you these things to say, oh, hey, look at Hannah and Dustin. Aren't they amazing? Because we are not. But I tell you these things because... I want to take credit for being obedient to what God called us to do. He's the one that has to get credit for what was done. Absolutely. But we said yes. And I challenge you to do the same. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Neil Cole says, faith is our response to truth, love is our response to relationships, and hope is our response to mission. Folks, we have the hope of Jesus to share with the world. If Jesus cares about the numbers of hairs we have on our head, and it says he does in Luke 12, 7, you can look it up, then I believe he wants us to share that with the world as we are going with our daily lives. Here's just a caution. We've been talking about DNA. We've been talking about this. But we have to be careful not to unravel the DNA because it works best when it's woven together. Mission without love is dead and can undermine the work of Christ. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. That's the love chapter, right? We always read starting at verse 4, but 1 through 3 warns us. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but I don't have love, I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. It is impossible to have a successful mission without what? Love. And the second part, second part of not unraveling is relationships that love without truth are dysfunctional and toxic, right? Okay, yes, that is very true. And Truth without application, the third part in relationships and mission is delusional. James 1, 21 to 25 kind of applies to both two and three of these cautions I'm giving you. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the world and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at the face their face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they've heard but doing it they will be blessed in what they do to separate each part of our dna will destroy the whole thing it, it falls apart it unravels it's like a three-legged stool. Does anybody have a three-legged stool at their house? No, maybe not. Okay, well, we all know what one looks like, right? 
you take one of those legs away, what's going to happen? <laughs> that stool's not going to stand up. It's not going to work right. So church, how are we doing? What does our three-legged stool look like? Are we balanced? Because if we're struggling in one area as a church, we're very much like that three-legged stool. We're wobbly or we're worse not functioning. So I told you I'm a practical person, okay? There is this tool that we can use to help assess, honestly, where we are as individuals and where we are as a church. And in your bulletins today, you have the Jesus Shaped Lives 3D assessment. You probably wonder, what in the world is this? I understand that it's a lot. It's a lot to ask you to fill that out and bring it back. However, I'm going to challenge you. If you are serious about growing in your relationship with Jesus, in your walk with Jesus, then I challenge you to take the time to do it. Take that assessment. And Dustin and I have discussed this, and we are on the same page. He actually, you know, of course, we, we do everything together, y'all. I mean, come on. Um, but <laughs> we want you to bring it back next week. And he is going to um, be able to go over it with you guys. He's going to be talking about it with you. He will be getting in contact with you about it. And we can just ask you to place it in the box in the foyer. Um, prayerfully consider being a part of this. I know it's a lot to ask. I do. And I, I even hesitated to bring it to you. I told him that because I said it's, it's a lot. But if we are, as a church, wanting to move forward, if we are wanting to be up, in and out, living Jesus-shaped lives, we've got to put the work in. We've got to figure out where we are and where we need to go. So that's your challenge. I'm going to give it to you, and you do with it what you feel you should. But folks, it matters. This stuff matters because people we come in contact with every single day are dying and going to hell. They are. And they're discouraged. And they don't know that they need the hope of Jesus. They don't know that yet. But who is going to tell them if we don't? I mean, we can't leave that to somebody else. I'm so proud of the way that we as a church have begun reaching out over the last several months because it's making a difference in our community. When I get calls from people in the community saying, hey, are y'all doing that community meal this month? It's making a difference. It's meeting a need. We are making an impact here. And that's amazing. I'm so proud of the way that we are going to have trunk and treat this week where we're inviting our people onto our campus to just love them and to provide a safe place for them to go on a night that could not be great. We're making an alternative to that. I'm so proud of the way that we're standing up for love life and for the unborn and things like that. And I could go on. We are on the right track, but we've got to continue allowing God to use us as we are going every day. So as we close, um, it's two, two parts to the challenge today. Like I said, take the assessment, bring it back next week, filled out. And then two, we're going to close with a song. And it's a challenge, too. If you're willing to go out, if you're willing to go out and be a part and to have an apostolic mission, a mission on purpose to reach the world, then it's simple. I just want you to stand and sing it with us. We're going to sing Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus because it takes trust, right? We can't do it alone. We can't go out by ourselves. So stand with us if you would, if you are willing to, to do this, and we're going to sing together as we close. <laughs>